Welcome to another Survivor edition of the Bitter Jury Podcast here on the Cracked Media Network. Uh, my name is Richard Mai. I'm your host, as always. I am joined by my two co-hosts, Daniel Wessoff and Charles Matthews. We're here to talk some more Survivor. It's been two weeks. We're back from the Thanksgiving break. So um, we're diving right into it. I'm going to start off with Wessoff. How we doing? How we enjoying Survivor? Well, I thought this was a Squid Games podcast. Crap. I I, I came up totally unprepared now. No, but. Maybe my branch is scraping wow. from, from the uh, hot wings last week. I don't know. I'm still in recovery mode. Uh, I will say I did try and get Sarah to come over to the dark side and join our survivor fandom here, but it might take a second trip down to Florida in December for me to close the deal on that one. So until then, uh, it's a boys club. As long as we get her by the finale. Yep. Boys club for survivor. Huh? Just like on this episode, boys night out. Yep. Uh, all right, as as we called it at Syracuse, uh, dude news when it's all guys in the newsroom. All right, Charles, I know you've been enjoying it. Um, have I have I get have I gotten you to the dark side after a hundred days of Big Brother? You know what? I, I first have to comment on the terrible joke that I just had to endure with Daniel <laughs> and and um, the Squid Games. But yeah, I'm officially on the Survivor train. I will say I'm not a survivor purist yet since I don't go back that far. I'm also going to, um, for my sake and sanity, need you to make it through an entire episode without touching your hair. Okay. I can't even stand it. You know what? <laughs> I, I can't help it when my hair looks bad. Okay. It, it has a mind of its own sometimes. See, like, even, like, these hairs are starting to fall. You know, it is what it is. I'm 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 a journalist. I'm used to being on camera. I'm used to having be you know being super overconscious about how I look, especially my hair. Especially my hair. Yeah. Um, we're gonna start off discussion with last week's episode that we did not have an episode for, so it's kind of a twofer. Um, it in that episode, spoiler alert. Um, if you haven't watched it, why not? It's been a whole week. Um, but Kendra did go home, and the main thing here that I think I wanted to talk about, um, was. That whole twist regarding the challenge, right? Splitting up into teams of three, into teams of three, completing a challenge, and whichever team had gone out first, the three of them would lose their vote and get a chance to regain it. So essentially, what went down? Um, they were told via tree mail um, to divide themselves into three groups of three. Um, they decided they didn't know for what purposes, whether that would, would be to vote, whether that would be for this or that. So they divide themselves, quote unquote, to do one strong man, one strong woman, and one in betweener, kind of like nothing. Um. So what they did was Austin, Emily, and Katora was the first team. Drew, D, and Jake were the second, and then Julie, Bruce, and Kendra, the wacky trio of God knows whatever the hell that was. Um. So the way the challenge worked, it was kind of elimination style. Um. First two teams to complete a certain thing would move on to the next round. Those two teams would compete. Whichever team won, they would uh, play an individual challenge to decide who won immunity. It was an endur- the final one was an was an endurance comp. Uh, the <laughs> final the final team, the team that made it the farthest, regardless of who had won immunity, got to go to the sanctuary where good things happen um, and enjoy a nice yeah. feast. Ugh, I, I just. Every time Jeff says the sanctuary, my friends and I just burst out where good things happen because it's been like the new thing, apparently. This was a um, weak but, ass sanctuary, by the way. 
<laughs> it was a week sanctuary. <laughs> I will say they made up for it with this week's sanctuary, though. Um, Austin, Emily, and Katora, surprisingly, at least to me, were the ones that went out first. I thought that they would at least be second. I thought it would be Ju- uh, Julie, Bruce, and Kendra that went out first. Uh, they ended up being the final team. Um, so the big twist was that Emily, Austin, and Katora would lose their votes and get a chance to regain them by having to go on a journey and complete a challenge. Um, Julie, Bruce, and Kendra, that is a whole nother situation. We're going to get to Austin, Emily, and Katora because that's what I kind of want to focus on. Um, they were sent on a journey, and their challenge was they were shown numbers. It read 987654321 equals 100. They were told to place three plus signs and three minus signs to make the equation true. So if I'm if I remember correctly, it was something to tune of not the correct answer being like 98 minus 76 plus 54 plus three plus 21 equals 100. So Emily and Katora did not complete it in time. They lost their votes. Austin actually got it correct. So Austin gained his vote back. So my question to you guys, because I've been talking too long and I'm finally got getting to the point where I wanted, where I've added the context and I want to hear your guys' opinions. Austin goes back with obviously Emily and Katora. Emily and Katora were very outward. They all said that they had lost their votes. Austin tells everybody that he loses, his, that he lost his vote, but obviously he goes ahead and he tells his close alliance members that he has it. If you guys were put in Austin's situation or Emily or Katura's situation, right? If you had lost it or not or gained it back, what would your strategy be in telling people? Would you tell people? Would you keep it a secret? How would you play it? Maybe you would have done what Austin did. Charles, I'll go to you. Uh, I'm, geez, I can't talk. Um, definitely partial to Austin since one, he's in my draft team. Um, I've liked his game the entire time because he and Drew are my boys. But I think he made the right move. The four of them with Austin, Drew, Dee, and Julie have been very, very tight and very, very loyal to each other. And especially, you know, as we get to see moving forward, that ended up making a huge difference in how Tribal went because him letting them know that, hey, we actually technically have the numbers because I do have my vote. I mean, kudos to you. One, I actually wrote in my notes, fuck yes, Austin, when he actually uh, won the vote back. So I was super happy about that. And, you know, even backing up a little bit and watching Katora and I'm calling her E now, um, play that out. And E literally like almost go into tears because she's a financial analyst or investment analyst or whatever. Um, anyway, sidebar. No, 100% right move all fucking day long. You know, it's one of those things too. And obviously this is something we didn't get to see. I don't know to what extent, or if I happened to leave the room that the three of them decided that they were going to come back and I'll say no, even though obviously the two ladies didn't win, but I just would have the, I guess the big brother person in me that gets to see a little bit more of those conversations, I definitely maybe would have appreciated seeing like the dynamic between Austin feeding them that lie before they went back um, and took care of that. But other than that, I'm here for it. And to part two is the, you know, if you had lost your vote and you didn't get it back, is that a black and white decision to you? Like, is there a right strategy or is it situational in your opinion? To tell people that you lost it or not. 
I'm kind of in the uh, Kendra camp here where until this moment, I didn't realize if I lost my vote, I could lie and say I still have it. So now I'm going through all the different scenarios there. It's interesting. I don't know. I think it's situational because you can delude people into think into yeah. a false sense of into a false sense of security or a false sense of insecurity. Yeah, it's all about your position. If you want to game. flush an idol, how is Austin not a target by these people? Like he's got like three idols. He's got two other superpowers. He's given away. He's Duh. the only one solving the math problems. Austin's in the best position, but I don't like, think oh, he's playing the best game. The hit list is Bruce, Jake, D, Mama J, Emily, then Austin. Like that there's that's final three right there. Like get out of town. I was impressed to me, though. The the math yeah. problem. I like I was sitting there going like under pressure. I'm Mr. Math myself, like engineer. Like I do all the tech stuff for cracked racket. So that'd be I would go into that thinking this is my kind of thing. But I was sitting there and I was like in my own head, like feeling the pressure of that sand going through. And I was like, I don't think I could do it. Like I think I would have folded too. So either I'd have had, the Emily situation where you think you're going to do well. Yeah, and then... Well, either they had a lot of time or like, I really respect Austin. Cause like he's Mr. Physical, Mr. Charismatic. And now also Mr. Math, like somebody look at this guy, at least. I'm going to explain no, this point later he's on. Win. Get... Hey, uh, also I'm, gonna... I'm glad you're yeah. warming up. We can, we can call her by her first letter now. So good. Yeah. yeah. You missed that. I've, I've said that before when I've been with yeah. Richard, you just, well, yeah, when it was us, two of us, so yeah, that's true. Just, just saying, mm-hmm. I, I will say, I'm going to explain this point later <laughs> on, but just to preface it, I, in my opinion, Austin's in the best position, but I don't think he's playing the best game. I think he's playing a good game. I wouldn't say he's playing the best personally. After this week's episode, I think Emily's playing the best game, and I'm going to say you were going to say that. Out. I knew it. I knew it. Because I because knew it. and I and I've got to say, you can't tell me you got to respect what you did this episode. And I think it's the best point to say Kendra went home. It's sad to see her go. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch her make her faces and her rea- and her reactions from the jury bench. Um, but we move on to. I also, I will take a quick. 30 seconds. Well, not for me, but for us. Go for it. I just absolutely adored for some reason how salty Kendra was in her <laughs> exit. I don't know why. It, it Did legit- you see how they her and Kelly are just like the pit, like just salt. Yeah, it legit brought me joy. Um, so I don't know if anybody else had a high emotion like I did. I mean, during Kendra's for, exit, but same not- because I mean, the thing is, for me, I I am fully agreed with D. Um, I very much said that she has a very much like Boston Rob Kim, Kim Spradlin for my Sorara fans kind of mindset of if I find out that you're gunning for me, you are now my priority target, right? I, and like, I highly respect D's like not willingness to give in to a Jake vote, right? Or to a, you know, or to whatever vote. Because, like, I'm just going to mention it. Like, Julie, Kendra, and Bruce, when they were on, when they were at the sanctuary, they discussed a Jake vote, which Kendra and Julie were for. Bruce said he was okay with it. And then Mama J brings it to D, and D goes, hell no, Kendra wrote my name down, so I'm writing her name down tonight. And I respect it. Honestly, it's it's the right way to play. If you come for me, I'm coming right for you. Yeah, D's the strongest of the women remaining. You can see that in the competitions they played this week's episode. And she's 
she's got one of the strongest voices in that Reba alliance. Like her and Austin are running it. It's not Drew and Mama J at all. So I agree with you there. Yeah, I will say as we transition to this week's episode, the last thing I did want to shout out was major respect, uh, like game and personality aside, that Bruce and Julie were the final two for both of the first two immunity challenges. Um, it's a rarity that you see the older players doing so well. Charles, I see the finger. I'm going to finish up the sentence and let you go. Um, it's a rarity that the older players do this well in such physical challenges. So I think respect to them for proving doubters wrong. Charles, I'll, I'll let it. I'll let you go. It's not even that dire, but I did have to make a note before we get to the next that D made a Pokemon reference um, in that episode. So you all just have to know at this point that anytime there's anything anime related, your boy I, I, I kind of figured your boys gotcha. All right. Heading into uh, this week's episode. Oh, where does one even begin? Why don't we start with the with a uh, good old Brucey and his strategy? So, okay, Wes, do you need an explanation? Because I called Wes because I called Charles yesterday. Because uh, I missed the beginning of the episode. Yeah, uh, if, I ju- I just watched the episode an hour ago, so I'm. It's do fresh. you need an explanation on like what um knowledge's power is and all that? Or, yeah, actually, that yeah. went over my head. I thought maybe I just <laughs> forgot something. <laughs> Yeah. So Bruce said, so a new, a new advantage that's, that's existed for the last five seasons and has a lot of people on edge when you find an idol is called knowledge is power. So just for, just cause I think examples are better in this situation. If Westoff, if you had an idol and I had the knowledge is power advantage at tribal, I could whip out that advantage and go, Daniel, do you have an idol? I can say idol or advantage. If you have an idol and I say advantage, it's a no-go. Same vice versa. If you have an advantage and I say idol, it's a no-go. But let's say you have an idol for simplicity's sake. And I say, Daniel, do you have an idol? If it is on your person, it is. if it is in your possession, you have to answer me truthfully and say yes. And if the answer is yes, you need to then give me that idol. As you have like, no option. As in Richard gets to keep it now or Richard yes. has to play it tonight? No. You just give it to me. Okay. Enjoy. Well, you, well, most likely I will probably be using it to play it, but it's a good question to be and asked. How, how do you get that power? Um, same way that they've gotten any other advantages through you a find, journey or, or whatever. Many different okay. things. It's it's random how a production decides to hide it. Okay. Um, now if now what players have been doing to avert that, let's say you have a final two, like, you know, a final tribal deal with Charles. You can hand off your idol to Charles, and when I ask you if you have an idol, you can say no, and that's a true answer because it is not in your possession. Charles has it, okay. so that's that, what that's Bruce's good context strategy. because that actually makes Bruce's exact move a little less. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's a smart play. It was executed, executed awfully. Um. What Bruce did was he told everybody that he had given Kelly his idol out of fear for knowledge's power advantage. Twitter blew up a shitstorm because everybody was laughing at like how Katora and the girls immediately sensed the bullshit. And and Katora was like, and Katora in the confessional after Bruce, Bruce told Katora the truth. Which I don't know why, of all people, you would tell the person that vehemently hates you this season that you know, whatever. Katora, cut to Katora's confessional. No one's going to believe that. 
One minute later, he tells Jake, and Jake buys it. Jake is eating the shit off the silver platter. Like, and Jake is going and telling all the boys at boys' night with their little music and little, you know, transition that they had. He goes and tells Austin and Drew this stuff, and Austin and Drew are jumping for joy. Little do they know, Jake just made himself look like a fool on national television. Um, Katora, okay, so for context, there was a reward challenge. Emily wins. Emily chose the three girls to go with her sanctuary with big feast. They get to spend the night in a bed, and they get to read letters from home. Biggest reward of the season. That's just little context. Katora goes and tells all the girls about Bruce's plan. What did you expect? Girls come back. They tell the boys. I'll let you guys go off. I've gone off enough. Your thoughts on Bruce's plan? I think it's a great idea, just badly executed. Whichever one of you wants to go first. I'll go first, just because I didn't see it. <clears throat> uh, Richard, oh, Well, you no. saw the tail end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, like, the aftermath, I guess. But I definitely needed that context. Um, and you giving me that call, because I had just walked in at home at that point. It... Sounds like a good move hearing about even, you know, the knowledge is power being an option. But a possibility. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you said, execution just wasn't there. I don't know if he maybe decided that telling Katura was going to be his way of throwing her a bone to say, hey, we don't have a good relationship. This is me telling you, hey. I'm lying about this. I want to work with you, blah, 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 blah. I'll try to get, hold on, excuse me, I use the word phrase. Da, 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 da. Um, you're welcome. Um, God damn. <laughs> but no, I again, I, I don't know if he was trying to throw a bone or what, because I did miss um, that part. But I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird, truthfully. I mean, the whole... The whole the whole idea, the whole intention, um, sorry to cut you off, but I'll let you go just briefly. Um, the hope was that it would cause everybody to put their votes on Bruce. Then he could go use his idol and have the one or he was hoping that Jake would vote for him. The two votes to, you know, as we would say in Big Brother, solely evict, you know, mm -hmm. have, you know, he has the only decision. Right. Yeah, this. This is the first time where I am. <clears throat> I don't like the aspect of Survivor that I can't see the live feeds because I think this is one of those moments where if we've been watching the live feeds for the last 19 days and got to see the background, maybe it would give the context we need because us as viewers with the God perspective, it's like, why like Katura? You could pick anybody and it would be a better choice for you to like uh, share that like truth information with than the one person who's been out to get you for since day one. So either she's playing a fantastic game and we haven't gotten to see how much she snowed him to her like hatred for him, or he's just really dumb and made, or, or at least just made a really bad move here. And I just can't figure it out because like anyone else go, like if he had just told Jake and just not, or if he was going to have to tell someone the truth, like go to Emily she probably would have kept the secret because it would give her power. Like she was smart enough to do that, but that's the one that was the wrong person. So yeah, this is that. I think, I think we're missing some information here that just, it made for a better episode if we didn't get the context around it. Yeah. 
So heading into the immunity challenge, the obvious, you know, hope is that Bruce can finally lose. Bruce is on back-to-back immunity wins. Uh, massive respect to him for pulling that off, coming, you know, back for a season right after being, you know, what, like 24 hours and knocking his skull open. Um, but the hope, obviously, for the majority is that he does not have immunity around his neck. And then they couldn't try to convince him uh, to not use his idol, which we'll talk about whether he did or not later or whether he had immunity. Um, so immunity challenge, they had to hold themselves hoist. Like they had to like hold themselves up on this tilted platform. Um, if they fall, they would fall into the water. Um, so the two things I had for you guys, we're going to start with Katora's what seemed to be a mini panic attack. Um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys had any thoughts on that and how that went down and, you know, how, you know, it kind of portrays the more mental, you know, mental stability and like being out here for so many days and under these conditions can take a mental toll and stuff. Um, And how that kind of, that whole situation really showed that part of the game off. Yeah, I, I was pretty sympathetic towards her just because I actually wasn't even thinking about how weak they are from not eating and not sleeping well. Um, but on top of that, the competition they were doing was sapping all of your arm strength until failure. And so when you hit the water, two of your limbs are like dead. And so if you're already not a confident swimmer, I know it's a short distance and they've got scuba divers, but... I, I would be worried. Um, and so, yeah, I, and he, Charles, you, you know me, I'm pulling at the heartstrings. Anything's going to get me. We, I just got done crying my eyes out at the letters that they got from home. Now. And then I, and then I see <laughs> you this. cried at the letters. Oh, come on. I cried. Okay, you, you know, know what? what? Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I know no, what we're no. doing after this. I, I know what we're doing after recording. No. I'm showing West off the most like heart wrenching, <laughs> like heartbreaking family visit where they actually have loved ones in person on the island. If it's Jared, I'm not watching. And we need to see how Westoff cries. No, I have to tell you, I have to Daniel, uh, tell you, Daniel, this is actually kind of crazy. I think there's maybe only one other instance where we haven't agreed that we uh, cried at the same moment. Uh While this was going on and while I was watching the episode, I at one point realized that I wasn't crying because I didn't <laughs> care about any of them. And I actually said to myself, I bet Daniel's crying right now and I'm not. Oh, you know, I'm, that should have been a text. Like, and usually, Please, I, I wish you had texted me that. <laughs> I would have been like that, regardless of how I feel. Like, I, again, kind of like with Jake's moment earlier this season. I'm not the biggest Jake fan, but I actually felt something there and was a little bit of a sobbing mess with his whole, you know, story and weight loss and all that stuff. I don't know what it was. I genuinely felt absolutely nothing during their letters. I will say I've had a shitty like 2023 at this point. So the past couple of weeks have been a volcano. So I think I'm just numb to all emotion, truthfully, because that, Typically is a moment for me that I would have been sobbing and I just literally was sitting there with completely deadpan and was like, why the fuck are they crying? Like, for me, it started when Emily won. And from there, the letters, the relief, the picking the girls, then Katura, I was just like a whole 20 minutes of being just like exhausted from emotionally. So 
I'm still feeling it now. I only watched this like an hour ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh this god. Is I, great. I, I I I didn't know to what extent West Off cries. Um oh. I now understand it. Um what was it that yeah. we were so emotional about in Big Brother Canada, Charles, where we found this out? Oh gosh. I feel like nothing emotional happened on that season, but we, Richard, you like missed there it. Were a couple, we, though. we bonded over the fact that both of us are <laughs> criers at reality television shows. So, or at yeah. anything, and, and just it, anything at life. It could be a freaking yes. Bud Light commercial with a dog. Like, I, it's yep. everything. Yeah. Mine's not even the Bud Light commercials with the dogs. It's like, it can be completely unrelated to anything. And I will find a reason to cry. <laughs> and then I'll be sitting on the couch thinking, why the fuck am I crying? And then I'll start crying because I'll legit <laughs> think of a reason to cry. And then I'll see something else. like right now in the background. What's that? It just escalates. You, you work I know, yourself like, up. American dad is going on in the background. <laughs> oh, and God, I, don't even this know. Going? <laughs> I know, but no, I don't even know what they're saying because the TV's muted, but just watching this right now, I could find a reason to cry. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. But not this is where I differ from the two of you. I I it takes a lot to make me cry, like it's got to like be personal and really tug at the personal heartstrings to make me cry. Like it, I think my threshold for for tears is a little bit higher. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to you yeah, know. You're the rock of this podcast, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for me, watching that Panic Attack was kind of like because I the reason why I love these shows is the whole psychology aspect of it. Like that's my other major. Like I don't talk about it a lot, but it is. Yeah. And, like, when you understand the physical, like, not only the physical, but the mental toll, um, like, Westhoff mentioned the physical, but, like, the mental toll of, like, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough food and enough sustenance. Um, well, luckily, just add for, in that we just learned that she's comes from a rough background. She's a tough yeah. cookie. So, like, that's out of her character. To, like, Luckily for Katora and the girls, they did just come off the sanctuary, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, well, I think, too, um, to answer your question before we move on, like, yeah. Jokes aside, even though this is going to sound like a joke, like it's kind of common that like people of color don't really like the water much, too. So truthfully, for me, I sat there and I went to that place and I'm not even in that situation. It's like I didn't learn how to swim or to at least be somewhat comfortable in a pool until well into my like upper 20s. Right. So sitting there thinking, as you all said, you're already in this situation where you're hungry and you're tired and you're trying to play this game. And she even made a comment that like she prepared for that moment because she knew that that moment would hopefully come for her. I took that as she probably had to do some, some swim lessons or training or something like that. Um, And then truthfully, I even, and again, this sounds funny, but I mean, I remember the first time I got on a water slide that was maybe three foot tall and i had a literal panic attack at thinking about entering the water because i was just like what if i don't touch the bottom or what if i can't get up and what if i blah 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 blah. all these things are racing from my mind and so in that moment i was just like oh shit like this is real for her and it was nice to see jeff in that moment also like genuinely try to connect with her and say you know what if you don't want to do this don't do it like step off to the side if you feel you can get there we got you so very good 
Yeah, I mean, like, Jeff, like, not only the sympathy, but, like, I do have to admit, like, a little bit of the producer brain goes off, and he sees that emotional moment not only as, like, a moment for T- – he sees it for both as a moment for TV, but also just a moment for empathy and for connection, right? Like, when you look at the, like, emotional moment, a huge part of that is also the connection to the audience. And, like, the fact that you had that feeling – is what production aims for is because regardless if you like Couture or not, you connected with that moment and you felt it and you understood it. So like these people that are on survivor don't become like, you know, these random people anymore. But like, these are people that like you're watching and you're like starting to get invested in West. I've never seen you so white. Um, (laughs) The exposure, the exposure just went. The exposure just Yes. Dang. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the thing is to your point, and from the survivor purist perspective, like every season, the water is connected in some in some way. You're gonna have to swim for a challenge, you're gonna have to do this or that. And like it's the one part that I've always like when I thought of like if I wanted to go on this show, it's the only part of survivor, like physically, that I feel comfortable with. Like I was a competitive swimmer when I was a kid, so like I felt you know comfortable with that, but even even in those situations you'd never know if you might just fall victim to a panic attack and have that moment that Katora did regardless of the background. You never know. And so, yeah, I just think that that was a really great moment. Like it wasn't, well, not great in terms of like what happened, but like, I think it was a great moment for us to connect with Katora and feel, you know, a bit more connected to the players. Um, Back to the challenge. Austin and Bruce were the final two. Bruce falls. Everybody celebrates. Austin wins immunity. Um, I know Charles has some, has, you know, got a lot of joy from that moment. So I'll let you go. Um, this is great for Austin. Yeah, I more so than Austin winning immunity. I think I was. It's just Bruce happy. not that Bruce didn't. Yeah, I did <laughs> not want to see a three peat from this asshole. Obviously, you know, as we start to amp up the discussion about pre tribal you know we'll we'll talk about him again i'm sure but um and everybody already kind of talking about trying to flush his idol and do all these things i'm just like i cannot see this man walk in with another fucking necklace around his neck and so the entire time i'm watching i was a complete nervous wreck and i think i had poured a bourbon at that point too so i i actually think i had to i had to pour another one because I drank it so quickly. Um, no, really fucking fucking amazing to see my boy finally pull off a dub. Um, to Daniel's point, which does make me afraid, this may kind of start those conversations of people realizing how much of a threat he is. Um, you know, we're at the what final seven now, six, seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. So definitely time to start picking off some of the the more athletic and physical people. And again, Austin to a few people has proven that he's also a a mental beast as well. So definitely happy to see him in a good place as we go into the next week. So I do want to make this point really quickly and then I'll let, you know, West off. I'll ask for a reaction from you, from you on this. Technically speaking, if Austin wanted to, he can throw the next two comps because he has two immunity idols that will take him to the final five. 
at which point they'll expire. So it doesn't really matter for him. He can, for all he cares, it's probably better for his game if he throws the next two comps. Now, if he wanted to, he could win and then play an idol for someone else and make that move, and that would be a bit more bold. But to Charles's point, that would also paint a larger target. If he can get to a point, if I'm if I'm Austin, if he can get to a point where he feels safe enough to get by next week, save both idols and play them both, one for yourself, one for D, and let yourself make it and let the both of you go to final five. But that's just me. So now with that context of if he wanted to, he could throw the next two for simplicity for simplicity's sake and just, you know, idle his way to, to final five. West often, you know, even Charles from the big brother perspective, what do you guys think of this? How many people know how many idols he has? Drew? I believe the Reba four does. Maybe yeah. Emily. Okay, so most people. Because like you don't want to share that. If, like, I think they're betting on them five being the final five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're banking on. Yeah. I mean, so it Jake, makes sense. Jake is just the, his bag's been packed for days. Um, Jake's a wild card. He's he's had good reactions, though. He's been fun. Yeah, he wasn't my favorite character coming in, but he's been fun the last few weeks. I, I love how you labeled him his character. <laughs> While we're talking about Jake, though, and I may be getting ahead, but. I, and I don't, sorry to cut you off, but I have to make this point because I'll sorry, totally forget. I didn't have much to say. So did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, and just as, as tribal was approaching, and I think we saw this even before the immunity challenge played out, the um, Drew and Jake conversation in which they were very, very, very uncomfortable as Let's see. Jake was trying to turn everything around on Drew and Drew had already thrown Jake's name out as a potential, um, not backdoor, but as a uh, backup, I guess a ricochet backup backup plan. plan. Yeah. And I love how their conversation started. And then very abruptly when uh, he, when Jake was just like, Oh, well, I guess we're done then. And we're not going to talk about anything. And then, um, Drew just goes, all right, mobster. (laughs) And then they started it. And this was great. I don't know why, but I just had an instinct. I looked at my TV guide or the spectrum guide as I was watching. The title of last night's episode was How Am I the Mobster? Which made me so fucking happy. But that exchange was kind of crazy to me because I was just like, oh shit, are they going to throw some bows? I mean, you get jake and then skinny guy drew out here about to go at it um but anyway i had to throw out the mobster comment for sure yeah well i want to talk about what my opinion is so far top three moves of the season and you have to admit it charles emily the way she played jake um sorry the way she there goes charles um the way she played bruce sorry apologies e charles did a great job of really like holding Bruce down and convincing Bruce. Um, part of it, you could blame part of it on Bruce's gullibleness, but Emily did a great job hit, like passing it off and really doing her best to convince Bruce that he was safe so he wouldn't play that idol. I think that she saw a bigger benefit to Jake staying another round than for than for Bruce to stay. Um, especially given since the sorry, especially given that Bruce has won the last two immunity challenges, and for all you know, he could go on and win the next one if you let him stay. To me, 
what really showed it off was when Bruce and spoiler alert, we're just going to say now when Bruce decided not to play his idol, I don't know how he picked up on this, but my psych brain turned on a little bit. You see Emily kind of like grab Bruce's shoulder and like give him like a good, like a good job, kind of like grub on it, like pat on his shoulder. Her like to me, that just shows an insane attention to detail. Those small, minute gestures, even that like rub that pat on the shoulder to me stops Bruce from go from like taking one more glance behind him and going, wait a minute. So I personally like really respect not only the mood that Emily pulled off. I think if she makes the final three, there's a lot that she can say on her own part as being a big part of that move just because she can talk about the conversation that they had behind, you know, behind closed doors and whatever, and behind people's backs of like her really coaxing Bruce to feel safe. It was just so well done for, to like every last detail she did in my opinion, very well. Um, it's not the flashiest thing, which I also like. It's a great move while not having to be too bold, too flashy to put a target on my back. Um, so I'll let you guys go off what you guys thought about the move. I know, Charles is not the biggest fan of her, the person, but let's talk about the move itself and how she played it off. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I, I thought it was a fantastic move. I honestly, three weeks in a row, I thought Jake was going home. So I, or not, not, yeah, last week I wasn't as sure, but this week and two weeks ago, I was like, it's Jake's turn finally. Uh, so I had the fun surprise of having an upset at the last second of what my expectations were. Um, but yeah. I mean, Emily's shrewd and she's uh, we may have forget, you know, that she's played puppy the last, you know, four or five weeks and kind of gone underground. But she started this game hot and looking to target people. And she's got that financial analyst mind. So she sees the details. And, you know, I think she really was able to play Bruce's ego against himself. Uh, you know, as soon as he saw that, ooh, now there's a new target, like maybe we're going to get Julie out like. If you were rational and stepped back, you would think, why would anyone vote Julie out over myself or Jake? Like, I like, yeah, she's done good in some of the competitions, but I still don't see her as a bigger threat than Bruce. And Jake has been on everyone's tongue for weeks. So if Bruce were not so having his ego assuaged, that's not the right word. <clears throat> I'm stepping way outside of my comfort zone here with these words tonight. But, uh, His ego good, stroked. Stroke, sure. Good job, Emily, for um for stroking that ego and uh, pulling off the move. Assuaging that ego. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I think she played his ego really well. Like, you know that he's got a big ego and he's got a big character, so she did a good job of managing that. But Charles, yeah, I'm I'm your thoughts on that move? I was done with Bruce. Like, I was done with Blue. We don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no longer his favorite color forget the chair um charles over to you on your your thoughts on the move yeah yeah i mean in case you know unless it's some extreme case i can 100 percent separate a person from gameplay kudos to you e kudos that was phenomenal obviously you all know that i love and this is actually what I'm loving about Survivor more than Big Brother. I love vote changes and actual gameplay and backstabs and all of the things that come with trying to win a million dollars with a bunch of strangers. 
So you know what? If you have to lie and you have to get somebody on your side knowing that you are going to backstab them, fucking do it. And she pulled it off so well. It was flawless. As you mentioned, uh, um, Richard, yeah, it was it was a quiet thing too, right? It's just very casual conversation. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to switch to the target. Da, 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 da. And then you move on. And then you're already at a place where Bruce is questioning, oh, wow, like I trust this girl because she has had my back for the past couple of weeks. So I know she's not lying to me. Excuse me. And yeah, I mean, again, she still annoys the shit out of me. I just can't like I legit actually think I leave the room or turn my back whenever she's on screen because I don't want to hear her talk. But yeah, this week, kudos. Richard, I want to know what you think about the psychology behind Jeff and his questioning being like, oh, so everyone knows there's an idol. It's Bruce. Like, are you going to play it? And everyone's like, yeah, we think he's going to play it. Like, how do you think that affected Bruce deciding whether to use it or not? Having everyone so openly being like, yeah, he's going to. Did that help make him feel even safer just because of that little questioning? Okay, I'm going to start off with this. The survivor purist in me is going to absolutely ignore my annoyance with Jeff's questions this week, because these are the questions that Jeff asks all the time. This is the same style. Like, okay. do I like the questions that he asks? No, because I felt like they give him away. But what I think is really great about Jeff's questioning at the same time on, you know, to play devil's advocate is that they offer players an opportunity to have like a make or break opportunity where they can really nail it with with Jeff's question. They can completely mess up their game and at the same time they could really help their own game through like the, how, the way they answer Jeff's question if that makes sense like I don't know why it hasn't been used as a talking point before where where like the final trouble in their in their final speech they go like you know Jeff asked me these very direct questions and I very easily could have done this or this or this but I answered them in a way that served me and only me and da, 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 da. like I just <laughs> I just yeah Charles I just that's the reason why I kind of like Jeff's questioning because the producer brain goes on, the fan brain goes on and it kind of allows players an opportunity to have that make or break situation. With that said, damn, I was annoyed with some of the answers this week, this week. Um, they were good, maybe not perfect, but like, I think they helped in kind of coaxing Bruce uh, versus ego. And I don't know. I don't know what it did to him, but clearly it did enough where he felt safe enough. I think the smart play, the smart part of what about the way they played, what you mentioned was that they were very upfront of, about like, yeah, Bruce got an idol. He's going to play it. Why the hell are we going to vote for him? Which is a different strategy than I would have taken. I would have just said like, he's not my target. He's not, he's not a target to me and played it off and just been like, and he's been like, he's such a good player. And like, I just don't like find the right balance of like, he's such a good player, but like, he's not my target right now. Like I, I've got bigger fish, whatever. I don't know if bigger fish to fry really helps, but you know, that's the, I don't think I would believe you if you pitched that at me, but he's got a, he's got a big ego. I don't know. It, he's a weird character. I, I think, I think character is a good word for him. Maybe, you know, say what you want about Jake, but I think character is a great word to describe Bruce Um, as I have called him in previous episodes Funko Bruce the persona he tries to employ um but I just think 
They played off well. Clearly, everything worked out. Bruce didn't play the idol. Bruce went home with an idol in his pocket. What what can what else can you do? You know, you you can't play it better than to have you know the situation that you want happen. Um, what what it was, I I said it at the beginning of the episode. They need to pull a plurality vote. They need to play at least half on Bruce, put the other majority. Like if you have all seven of you voting one direction against Bruce. Have it a 4-3-1 so that Bruce goes home. And if it's not Bruce, it's Jake. Because that way you protect your own butt. If I'm, you know, uh, one of Charles's boys, you know, Austin or Drew, right? Um, at the beginning of the episode, I did think that Jake might have voted with Bruce. So I said it should be a 3-3-2 or it could have been like a 4-2-2. Um, reg- either way, it would have, you know, gone to if it, if it was a three three two and Bruce didn't play the idol would have gone to a vote say to a, to a revote and then you can all throw it on Bruce and he goes home, etc. But fun like, fact, I lost track of the count, and when he pulled when it was three three, I was like, yes, we're going to a revote. And then Jeff pulled out another vote, and I was like, wait a second, is a yeah. <laughs> and I I really what I enjoyed was I enjoyed the jury reactions because it went three yeah. votes on Jake and Kelly and Kendra were shocked and pissed that it wasn't Bruce. And then they see Julie and they're like, what? And my favorite thing was Caleb. Cause I love, I love Caleb and Caleb just goes, wait a minute. <laughs> and then it, and then Bruce, 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 Bruce. And in the most beautiful fashion, he had his, you know, ceremonious, you know, F off, uh, off to Ponderosa. Um, I think it's going to be really fun to have Bruce's facial expressions and his character come out while not being able to speak loudly. I'm really excited to not, you know, to not really have to listen to him. Um, the best he can do is whisper. You've seen the jury whisper to each other for the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think about is Bruce? Okay. Let's, let's ask the question that I think we should just ask ourselves every week. Um, and if you want to speak on Kendra, you can, but mainly Bruce. It was Bruce the right decision? Yes. Leaving yes. person aside. He's yes. been first or second in like all of these competitions. Like, hell yeah. All yeah. Right, Charles. And well, no, I was going to say that. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking about morale of the, of the island. Thank you. And he annoys the shit out of everyone. So if I'm out here again, you all already know I'm not going to be in there in the first place because all I can think about are dirty hands and how their legs look disgusting. But you're hungry and sleepy and dirty. Is Bruce what you want to deal with? Yeah. The last thing you want is somebody grinding at your gears every fucking 30 seconds. Get him the fuck off the island. So 100. You'll see. I feel like you'll see a lot more person like personal votes in survivor than on big brother because you're cooped around a fire at one shelter you are all sleeping on the same set of bamboo logs and you gotta deal with this mother fricker out in the in in the wild you can't do anything in big brother you can distract yourself you can go off have conversation you can take a nap you can do this that you can cook you can play you can go out into the backyard do what you do whatever you want but here your options are limited. Go out for food, take a piss, bathe in the ocean. But whatever it is, you're still within this one space where you can't really avoid each other necessarily. Like it's harder to avoid each other on Survivor, I feel like, than on Big Brother. 
because your centralized camp is in one, you know, sick location. Like you notice these guys are always around the goddamn fire. There's a reason. Like it just, you'll, I think like for that reason, you'll see a lot more personal votes where it's like, even though it's a shorter amount of time before the next vote, you'll still see people be like, dude, my mentality and my physical, I cannot deal with this MF anymore. He needs to go. Whereas like big brother, even though it's a whole week, they're still like, like Josh Martinez ran through the house banging pots and pans and he's, and he won. Like if you did something that obnoxious on survivor, you probably would have been one of the next two out. So, I don't know. It's it's a whole different dynamic, which is what I think is interesting about this show. Wes, I feel like you got something on your mind. Yeah, just question to the historian. Uh, what is the risk of comping out in, in Survivor? Is that something that happens often? Like, do you see a Jag win seven vetoes in a row? Because that's what Bruce seemed like he was getting ready to do. I think the most in a row is four or five. Okay, because like, um, usually Big Brother, you're like, keep a big target in the house, but unless he's going to comp out. Survivor, I never thought comping out would be really a factor because of all these competitions. Well, well, here's the thing: the difference I'm, I'm, is I'm that is that it. if you win H, like if you win HOH, you don't play the next week unless you're Jag and you get the invisibility True. bullshit. Here, even if you win, you still play immunity the following week, so you could comp out if you wanted to. You could. Um, I said that I was ready to watch. Um. I think it was Austin pull what I like to call the Ben Dreebergen uh, strategy. I believe Ben played two or three idols that took him all the way to final four or something. And like, it was a whole thing and just using those immunities. And the thing, the question of the matter is at the end of the day, if you comp out and you make it to the to finale night, the big question is going to be, is there any more depth to your game beyond the physical? Right. Like, because here it's a whole immunity thing where you literally can't even receive a vote, right? Where, like, Jack could get put on the block and then not win a veto or whatever, you know, and he's screwed. But here, with the existence of idols, you could immunity, frick comp out, you could immunity out yourself to the to finale night. Um, I will say, I think for that matter, they also added, um, just so you guys have a preview of what this game is going to look like. Final five is the last time that someone is voted out. At final four, what is going to happen is somebody wins immunity. They pick another person to join them at the at finale. The remaining two individuals have to build a fire. It's a fire-making challenge. So you have to build fire and put a fire together that raises high enough to break a piece of string above it. Whichever person breaks their string first wins and goes to the, goes to finale night. If you wanted to, let's say I had won the, the, the final immunity and I wanted to make a big move. If I wanted to, I could say, no, Westhoff and Charles are going to go to the finale. I'm going to throw myself in fire and take out this person myself. If there's a big threat. Charles kind of has like a weirded face. Well, it's not even weird, but like, why would you not assure yourself there? Why would you put yourself in the competition? Some people would like because some people want to solidify a resume builder. Here's why. So let me so let me say this. You let's put this theoretical out there, right? Hypothetical. 
Charles, you and I are playing and you and I have very similar resumes. Why would I allow you to make the big move and win the fire making challenge when I can choose you to go to finale night? Say I say I'm the reason why you're sitting in that seat. And then I can go ahead and make a big move. Because for some people, but what if you lose taking the easy way and like me taking myself with you to, for some people, it's like, it's like still a narrow thing. Whereas this, whereas like winning fire could solidify because you're giving up your safety to risk yourself, to be able to say, yeah, that motherfucker that everybody's been targeting. I did that single-handedly. I did that. Especially if you got a tight three, if let's say all three of us are playing and, and the three of us all have strong resumes, especially then winning fire could be the million dollar move. Or it could be the zero dollar move if you suck and lose. True. But that's high, a risk that you risk, need to ask reward. yourself is do you trust yourself to make that fire? Nope. That's why I'm going straight on to that seat. <laughs> there, no, but like ever since that challenge, like people like when people prep to go on Survivor, like if I went on Survivor, I would spend a whole month before I went out, learn like I would buy flint and steel and learn how to make a fire. Like, cause that is vital to camp life, to the to the you know, to the finale, everything. That's why they make a whole big deal out of fire. It's in the logo, it's in everything. You know, when when you pick up fire for the first time on your thing, on your pole or whatever. Sorry, oh my god. I don't even know what it's called right now. I'm so mad at myself. Um, but like he says, like in this game, fire represents your life. Once your fire is out, so are you know, so are you or whatever. Um, I don't know verbatim off the top of my head right now, but that's why they make such a big deal out of it. And like that's part of most people's strategies going in is they learn how to make a fire at least. All right, final thoughts on this episode heading into the final. Seven, yeah, final seven. Charles, uh, I'll let you go first. Or last stuff uh, yet? Uh, sorry, Daniel. It what? doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I'll, I'll go I'll, first because yeah. mine's very superficial because I don't have. I enjoyed the episodes, but you guys didn't want to do fifteen minutes on the boys' night farting and burping. I was down. <laughs> I got notes on it. Go ahead. <laughs> I would. I texted. Hear- I texted Drew Charles. I hope you're. I texted Charles. I hope you're not eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, it was a great episode. I thought that they probably were like, crap, we got to fill an extra 10 minutes. Like, what do boys do? And we're like, hey, guys, can you go fart and burp for a while? Um, <laughs> no. uh, someone please target Austin or at least make him sweat a little bit. That kid's too comfortable. But other than I that, will say in the preview for next episode, they they teased a Austin and D showmance and people targeting the Reva for specifically the Austin D potentially Mama J. Yeah. And Mama, sorry, Mama J flipping on the Reba 4. Sorry, Mama J yeah. flipping on the Reba 4. Sorry. Yeah, she met her. I'm going to go rogue here comment or whatever. Um, and my only, I actually have two comments. One, maybe Daniel can pull this up while I'm saying my final thing. I want an update on our draft because um, I feel as if oh, we God. haven't brought that up. Um, I'm so losing. Yeah, I'm no, so losing. that up. Good I'll do it next up. time. It, it takes a little too long to do the math, but oh gosh, what I don't I don't need totals. I just need to know who I don't even remember who was on my team other than Austin <laughs> right. and Drew. I can pull that up. Um, but two big thing that I'm going to be looking forward to next week. Um, and I don't know how much you all 
uh, paid attention to this, it was interesting to me that, and this is probably a production thing too, but how Katora got the letter and talked on the estranged relationship with her mother. But then in the same episode, we saw she was the one who started making like the references about, oh, well, look at Julie and she's the mom figure and everybody wants mom. I don't know. Stuff like that sticks out to me. But again, it was kind of interesting with how that all played out because you see Katura have this crazy intense moment with having her mom who she hadn't talked to in a while and who, you know, I guess it, she had told her that she didn't want to talk to her, but she's reading this, all these things and was so tore up about it. But then later on, we see. <laughs> oh, I just looked at that. Um, but later on, we look and we see, oh, my gosh, like Katora is now using the whole mom. It's two, thing. two, one, two. Two. Oh, Sifu oh. and Bruce are both gone. Yeah. Brando, Sean and Kendra. Oh, I forgot that I even had. I had Jay Maya. Are you fucking kidding? Well, you got. Well, Jay Maya was the last pick. You got stuck. Oh, in. I was like, I fucking hated her. What are you talking about? Um. But yeah, anyway, I'm just looking forward to seeing how the whole uh, Mama J plays out because uh, that got brought up and obviously people are talking and for good reason because again, you know, who wants to get rid of mom? So um, yeah. yeah, I think with it, with numbers dwindling at this point, it's going to be really, 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 really fun. And I hope that I get to see many, 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 many more backstabs before the end of the season. I. I thought I got nervous because Julie's on my team. I am rooting for her. Uh, and I didn't like her tribal council answers being like, oh, I think I'm safe tonight. And then also being like, oh, it's hard being the one everyone loves as the mom. Like you're painting a target. I think back. be quieter. I, I think it played well <laughs> into I think it played well into Emily's. I hope Emily played it off as as like it's a Mama J blind side. I don't remember exactly if that's how she played off or if it was just a consensus because if she played off as it being a consensus, then Julie could have messed it up. But I think she might have played off as like a Mama J blind side, which helps Bruce, helps his psyche of like Julie being, oh, I'm safe. And then he's like, ha, ah, ah, ha, watch, stupid's about to go home. And he ended up being stupid. On that note, <laughs> that's all the time uh, we've got on this week's episode. We will catch you guys next week for more Survivor on this pod because thank God for this show. Good night. <laughs>